Everybody and welcome to Zinzita Lawena. Uh, as usual, my name is Talent Nivabu, your host, and today we continue talking about African cultures and, and our history. On today's um, topic, we are talking about women. We are talking um, about women in the positions that women occupied in our culture or in some, in some African cultures or their role. And uh, with me today is um, Mr. Arnold Maibongwengala. Mr. Arnold Maibongwengala, welcome to our podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks again uh, for inviting me uh, to your podcast. You're I always welcome. appreciate <laughs> No, we appreciate you. Yeah. What have you got for us today? <laughs> Yes, since you have introduced the uh, today's uh, topic in this episode, we are going to be talking about the position of women yes. in African uh, culture. Yes, not all of them, but yes. we will try to touch as many as we can. Yes, yes, I will do all my best to be as holistic <laughs> yes, as, as I can. Because yes. as we know, Africa <laughs> is very diverse. Very, so very diverse. Yes. yes, yes, yes. So by by being diverse, meaning that there is no single. Uh, again, by being diverse, meaning that there is no single uh, policy uh, about uh, the position of women. So it, it varies according to across African communities. Their positions vary according to uh, African com communities. So it's diverse. Okay. Yes. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes, yes. Please go ahead. So where uh, are we starting today? Okay. Okay, all right. No, I've already started like as, as I say that uh you, you know, uh African cultures are so diverse, meaning that there is no single policy in, in African cultures. So basically this means that uh the position of women vary or varied okay. across African uh communities. Yes. So in my presentation, I will highlight some of the positions that some 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 of these women find themselves into, you know. So in in some instances, uh, African women are perceived to be disadvantaged, and that is not true because African communities are diverse. Like I I, I say, it. Okay. yeah. So so sometimes uh, some cultural positions. That women find themselves uh, into uh, misinterpreted by people who do not fully understand that, uh, who do not fully understand that culture or that cultural practice. So I will explain some of those practices to help our listeners understand them from a perspective of an African researcher. Okay. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm I'm I, I'm not just a researcher. I am also a, a member of an African community. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a primary source in some of these practices. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and being a cultural activist has also given me an opportunity to have a deeper understanding of African cultures. Okay. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that being said, um, I would also like to make it crystal clear that 
to our listeners that African societies are not perfect communities, just like all other communities in the world. Absolutely, you know? and so, culture changes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I've never come across any Kumbaya society since I've I did researches all over the world. So, so as, as, as Africans, we are, we are not perfect, but we are, we are in most cases striving for perfection, okay. which I can refer to as betterment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So the positions of women I will feature today are these ones, which are specifically going to be the ones I feel like sometimes that being misinterpreted or needs to be known from a deeper understanding. Okay. <laughs> So, like you say, that uh, African societies are constantly changing, right? Yes. So some of the dis- so some some of the disadvantaged positions uh, our African our women find themselves into are actually a legacy of colonization. So I want to make also that clear uh, before I start okay. that, that there are many Africans, you know, that are under a sophisticated form of colonization today, which we call uh, neo-colonization. And that has negatively affected some of the positions African women find themselves into. Um, for example, okay, let me give you an, can, I can give you an example. Okay. Um, like, you know, those migrations for employment. So what happened was that uh, sometimes during colonization, people were, people's land and the livestock were confiscated so that they can be forced so that they can be forced to go and work in the mines, you know, and in the railways and in the factories. Who was confiscating the land and the... uh, Sorry? Who was confiscating the land and... uh, Oh, like the the European uh, colonizers during that time, during colonization, because Africa was once colonized by European countries there. So they they took away the land, they took away the property, (laughs) so that men will be forced to live on uh, uh, working as my yes as my, yes so that destroyed the family structure because a man will have to leave his family and go to the towns you see and by the towns there he will end up having maybe a girlfriend <laughs> or you know things like that so okay. that you know so so that thing even today we, we can even see today you know there are some people who who leave their families and then they go to the towns and then, you know, HIV spreads in that way. There are divorces and even the woman now at home has to take care of all the, the duties, you know. Uh, the, the children don't, don't, don't have a father figure around. So, you know, but long ago, people survived in their immediate environment. So... Yes. So, you know, yes. So, you know, so that, that thing of colonization, it also affected women. Is and some a, of them, that lecker still lives today. And, 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 and speaking of that, yes, and speaking of that, I can even give you, whilst we are speaking of this confiscation of land and the properties, you know, like in South Africa, in Natal, in the, in the colony of Natal, which is today, was the Natal province of South Africa, they codified uh, the bride price. Which is we call it e lowball, right? Yeah. Uh, so it so it was codified, you know. So so the colonizers they codified it, and then they say, the, uh, for you to marry a Zulu woman, or for for any man, for any Zulu woman to marry a for for any Zulu man to marry a woman, 
the minimum of of of, of bread price must be ten cows. Ten cows. If if you want to marry just you know the minimum yes. is ten cows. So it was a law, you know, and by that time people had no turkey, they had nothing. You so know. who was so putting that, that law? Yes. It was the the colonizers, like it was called the colony of Natal. It, it was before the unification of South Africa. So so there was this secretary uh, called uh, Shepstone. Yeah, Theophilus Shepstone. He's the one who was the administrator of native affairs. So okay. he's the one who said, there must be never be anybody who's going to marry who's going to marry a woman without paying a minimum of ten cows. But before that, you know, uh, the bread price was about four keke, or sometimes with what you can afford. So okay. it was not more, it, 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 so it was not really an investment. So that culture of of uh, of saying that you know the the minimum is ten cows. It, it, even today, it, it, it has even survived even today. And it's a legacy. And you see now women are not being commercialized. To me, it's like a, it's now an industry. As much as it is a culture, but you, there's now this commercialization. But maybe if someone uh, uh, gets a, a, a daughter, you know, maybe a baby girl, yeah. that person will say, oh, but maybe in 20 years' time, I'm going to start my own business using the money. But that I, I you know, got from yes. But long you see, so so through that, you know, women are now being like commercialized. And even if that woman goes to a marriage, sometimes the husband feels that he has bought that that, that woman with okay. with a minimum with a minimum of ten cows. Okay. And even the treatment sometimes, you know, she she's going to treat her like a servant or like a a, a, a slave, you know. So so. So I am just trying to, to to give you a background of some of the communities or some of the situation oh, women find, especially this, yes, okay. especially the disadvantaged part of it, yes. Okay. Yes. So, yes. So, yeah, yeah. I feel so, like maybe we've sort of like jumped straight into the middle of... Sorry? I I feel like maybe we've just jumped straight into the middle of the positions <laughs> no, yes. Make Actually, you are telling the truth. Yes. And, and start. Uh, yes, yes. yes. I was just giving you a. I know. Yeah, I know. That, that, was just an, <laughs> that was just an introduction. Hey? Yes. <laughs> okay, so today's uh, uh, episode, I think I, 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 I managed to sort out about eight points, you know, to. In preparation for this uh, interview, so we will be going through all of them, and they're going to help us to understand the, the position of women in Africa. And in in doing so, we are also going to find their roles because a position goes also with the role. So if the position is defense, it means that the woman is the defender in the in the, in the community. So, so which part of see, Africa are we talking about? We are talking about uh, the world of Africa. Okay. <laughs> yes, and, we are talking um, about the world of Africa. Yes. And uh, yes. which periods is this pre-colonial, or are we going to go across? We and... are going to be, we are going to be holistic. We are going to be holistic, okay. so that we can understand the story from a holistical point of view. To say, because as much as we are talking about uh, it, people must also understand that this is. 
it, it was like this. Maybe we, we can even revive it if we like it. Okay. So it's not going to be the only the current one. Okay. You see, because some of the some of the things which happened today are a result of what happened long ago. Okay. So that that is where now I come in to say things are like this because they they are like this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the the first part we so my 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 first point would be about religion, trying to understand them, you know. Okay. In, in the religion, you know. In the religion. So, like, yeah. So, like, as we say, that Africa is diverse, you know, in its uh, religious practices, such that it has got communities that worship uh, God, or should I say, so, supreme beings and goddesses, yes. you know. Uh, during, yes, on our, was it the last episode? Yes. Where we yes, were so speaking about, about the God. And, 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 yeah, so, do you remember there were other goddesses there? Yes. You know. Which, yes, yes, yes. So the female nature of the goddesses is a representation of, of women. You okay. See? Yes. So you will find people portraying a woman to come up with a picture of how that goddess looks like. So if it is a goddess, in many cases, when it, when they draw it, they draw a woman. You see, okay. they, they, they don't draw a man. When they're trying to to make people understand, you know, it's a woman. Okay. You see, all these courtesies. So I'm not going to go through all the courtesies because I did uh, went through them last time. But I'll just give you an example. Okay. Uh, we, we, okay. Among the Yoruba people, you, you remember we spoke about where they are found, right? Yes. In Nigeria, Nigeria mm-hmm. and the Togo. Yes. yes. So among the Yoruba people, they've got a courtes called Oshun. You know, Oshun. Uh-huh. O O S H U N is Oshun. She's a river goddess. She's the goddess of water. Uh, you know, she's she's associated she's associated with uh, fertility, uh, motherhood, femininity, and the power. You know, so she is represented as a black African woman who wears a golden dress and a crown. You see. Okay. Uh, so, so the Yoruba people, they are actually a patriarchal society. Do you know what a patriarchal? Do you know what yes, a patriarchal um, society is? Headed by men. Where yes, yes, society it, is headed by men. Yeah. Yes, yes. Or where men? Yes, 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 yes. yes. So, 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 so we, we, we have got a patriarchal society. We have got a matriarchal, meaning that the patriarch, the matriarchal is said by the woman is the head, right? Yes. Or they, they have got the, the, the highest position. So the highest form of respect that one a person can give to someone is through worshipping. Are we, can, are, are we together on that one? Okay. There's no other respect you, you can give to someone more than worshipping that, that person. You see? Yes. So... So, so even though the Europa, you know, they are a patriarchal society, however, worshiping a female deity like Oshun shows how the Europa people uh, respect women because Oshun represents women. Like, like I told you, she represents motherhood, fertility, femininity, you know. So, in other words, women are highly respected in the Europa society. That's their position, right? Okay. So. The respect for women 
that caused with the courtesy uh, ocean was also transported to uh, like, like like to the Americas, you know, by the Europa people who had been captured and turned into slaves and then sold in the Americas. Okay. Um, there are many Europa people who became slaves in Brazil and Cuba. And, you know, uh, Roman Catholicism was the only legal religion in Cuba at that time. So this made the, uh, the African slaves to publicly adhere to Catholicism and privately worship their African gods and goddesses, including Oshun. Okay. So in the long run, so in the long run, a new syncretized religion called the Santeria uh, developed among the African Cubans. And Oshun in Santeria, in Santeria religion has been transformed into the protector who warns the practitioners about the imminent danger. You see? So now he, he, Oshun has now even been transformed, you know, uh, to other continents. Okay. Uh, are we talking? Yes. So they even call it Osun. Sometimes it's called Osun in Santeria okay. uh, religion. Yeah. So in 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 Brazil, uh, the syncretized uh, religions among Afro Brazilians uh, became known as Candomblé or Umbanda. So okay. Osun, yes. So Osun was also included in the syncretized uh, religion. So they also call her uh, Oxium. So still, she's still the goddess of uh, femininity and uh, fertility. Okay. And this is now uh, in Brazil. Yeah, we are now in Brazil. Yes, Candomblé. Okay. Yes. So the the adherents of these religions have declared the eighth of December as Oxium Day. So they pray to her and they ask for blessings. You know. So. And then in the United States of America, the African form of uh, femininity through the Cortez Ocean was popularized uh, by the female musician Beyonce Knowles. So, so on the 59th annual Grammy Awards that took place on the 13th of February 2017 in Los Angeles, Beyonce performed on stage as the Cortez of as the Cortez Ocean. Are we together? Okay. Yes, so she came on stage where, like, she was she, she was pregnant at that time, and she was wearing gold and a crown like a goddess ocean. You know, she and uh, and she sang songs from her album uh, Lemonade, okay. which was which also represents motherhood, fertility, uh, uh, femininity, and power. So this was not even this was not the first time uh, Beyonce used the African femininity to empower women all over the world. Uh, I remember in 2013, in her song, uh, Flawless, she sampled the speech of a Nigerian feminist uh, writer, uh, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Adichie. So, yeah. So you see that uh, beautiful stories, beautiful stories about the position of women in African cultures help to empower not only the women, not only women in the world, but also men in the world, because the empowerment of motherhood is the empowerment of everyone, because we all come from the womb of a woman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. So, so, and then if you look at uh, uh, diviners, okay, now we are now going to do the diviners. If you look at the diviners, we, we also have got uh, female diviners, right? So, 
uh, African culture as the the embraced diviners. Are we are we together yes, on that? Yeah. Yes. So so diviners are like they are viewed as a spirit. They are viewed as uh, spirit mediums. So they carry so much influence, you know, in their communities, despite the fact that they are sometimes viewed as agents of the evil forces in some monotheist uh, religions like Christianity. But people still consult them, you know. Some even go, some even they consult them at night so that they will not be seen and they stigmatized. So when we're talking about diviners, which parts of Africa are we talking about? Um, I know the southern part. Is it also Central Africa and uh, East? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, they are found almost in in the whole of Africa. Yes, they are found in the whole of Africa. Some are even found in the syncretized, you know, religion. You see, yes. So, are you saying even up in in North Africa you can find diviners? Um. Yes, 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 yes. They are diviners. Remember when we spoke of uh, Islam there. We said Islam was also syncretized, right? Yes. And then I even spoke of uh, otters. Do, do, do you remember when I, when I was speaking of otters? I yes. said uh, they use uh, they like to use the Sufi otter because the Sufi otter um, it accommodates uh, some of their African uh, aspects. And then I even gave you an example of an otter where I said um, they sing. You know, I I said they they sing whilst they are praying. Do you remember? Yes. And then they even get into a trance. Okay. They get into a trance. So if you get into a trance, that is what you call it. So if you are in a trance, you, you are a diviner, right? Because okay. now you are now uh, divining, <laughs> if okay. I can put it that way. You are now seeing things that other people don't see. So this trance can get into anyone. It can be a woman. It can be a man. So we do have diviners in North Africa, and you see like this uh, syncretization of re- religions. It is also trying to accommodate African religions okay. in, pre- in in dominating religions like Islam and uh, Christianity. I even spoke of faith healers. Do you remember when I was speaking yes. of faith healers? Yes. Uh, yes. So some I even say that some some of them uh, uh, their divinity is from African religions, but they syncretized it. So every end of the day, we have got women who are diviners, yes. you know. Yes. So diviners, they possess so much spiritual wisdom and uh, healing remedies, right? Yes. So they are, like, they are our psychics in Africa. They are our doctors, our psychologists, our therapists, our social workers, our counselors. So, like, like I said, women also have been positioned to be part of this divine in, in environment. As diviners, in fact, in in fact, there are religious orders I know that that have um, more female diviners than males. So I can even I can even give you uh, examples. We have got rain oracles. You know, rain oracles under the order of sorry. Yeah, I said yes. I know the rain oracles. Yeah. Yes, like you know, there is wasana. They are under the order of Wasana. Some of them, some are, uh, Wasana is found in in Zimbabwe, in Botswana. There are some who are under the Chukwa order, Chukwa. 
So the Wasana people, they, the Wasana diviners, they wear black. They wear black. Okay. So it represents, so that, that, that black, it, it represents a, a dark saturated uh, cumulo limbus cloud, you know. Yes. And then the Chukwa oh, uh, diviners, the Chukwa is also found in, in, in Zimbabwe. The Chukwa, they wear blue and uh, blue, it represents the sky because that, that is where the rain comes from, right? So yes. most of them, so there are more female diviners in these orders, I've just said. Uh, more than men, even the Sangomas, there are many female Sangomas than male Sangomas. Yes. Uh, I think we, we, we spoke about the Sangoma people. So, so, so the main reason why some of these hotels have got most women than men, um, you know, is because uh, women are more extroverted than men. You see, okay. women, they are so emotional, you know. Unlike men, you know, women, they are not scared to show their emotion, which means that whatever they are told by in whatever they, they they read in their divinity, they can easily tell them to the people because women are more extrovert. Okay. You see? So, yeah. So, so you see their position. So they play a very, very big uh, position. Like, as I said, like the Wasana and the Zichukwa uh, diviners, these are rain oracles, meaning that, you know, they they are rain, rain bringers, right? And rain is a source of life. Yes. You see? So, so this is the kind of positions and roles women in Africa find themselves into. So I can give you another good example. Um, among the closer people of South Africa, there was a there was a someone called Nongawuse. I don't know whether you have heard of a, a, the story of Nongawuse. So Nonga also she was uh, saying she was seeing people who were telling her things, and by the description of these people, her auntie um, Shagaza believed that she was being visited by her ancestral spirit. So, so she, she so Nonga also was a spirit medium, or should we say a diviner, because the people that she, that she was saying are telling her things. They were actually they were being said to be her, her, her ancestral spirit that she didn't even saw, but the elders saw them. Then they say, "But you are speaking of someone like, like this, like this, like this." That, that you know. So, so in 1950, in, in 1856, this girl, uh, she was just 15 years old, you know, and she was in the crop fields, you know, uh, while chasing a bird. So, mm. so that they don't eat crops, yeah. It is said that she was visited by her ancestral spirits who told her that in order for the problems that the other people were, were facing, like the European encroachment uh, from the Cape Colony and the lung disease, which was now attacking the livestock, uh, they said people must destroy all the crops and slaughter all their animals. And in return, dead people will resurrect and the new uncontaminated crops and livestock will be revived. Okay. And the people believed her. And people believed her. And it led to the destruction of crops and the killing of about 40,000 keke. And this led to, this, to starvation. And when her revelations did not even become a reality, many people blamed those who had refused to, to, to destroy their crops 
and the khaki. Because they said Lunga also said all the khaki and all the crops. So now they're blaming other people instead of blaming Lunga. <laughs> you see, okay. why it, 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 it didn't happen. So here we are talking of a 15 year old girl in an yes, African patriarchal some... society. Yes. Influencing the, commun- the whole community. Yeah. Yes. So the, the story tells us a lot about the position of, of women in an African cultural society. You know, yeah. uh, the voice of women is, is, is highly respected, especially if they, if they are female diviners or especially if they are diviners. Okay. So, you see, and then on the last episode, you, 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 you remember we also spoke about Charon Yasikana, whom we said is in and her role in the liberation struggle. Do you remember when we were speaking yes. of that? Yes. Yeah, so she was also a female diviner and she influenced people. People were, were scared to, to face the European, uh, you know, the guns and everything. But Mbuyanehanda uh, said, no, you know what? I am going to give you the, the remedy to fight these people. So she motivated people to, 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 you know, to, to, to fight against fight. The, the colonists, yes. Okay. Yes. And she, she, she even risked her life because at the end of the day she was caught and she was hanged, you know, but her legacy still lives forever. Yes. So, so that also tells us a lot about the position of women in African society. Okay. <clears throat> and, okay. And then now, uh, the other point is that I found was a matri, um, like matrilinearity. I don't know how to put it, but yes. it's got to do with a matrilineal. Yes. So, do 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 you know a matrilineal com- community? Um, the Himba. <laughs> Just in try. Namibia. Yes. No, I am saying. Do you know what is the matrilineal oh. matrilineal community? Yes, it's uh, one that's uh, headed by women. No, that one is a matriarchal. Oh, matrilineal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so there's matrilineal. Where maybe surnames are passed from women to women. Where, where what? Surnames. Where I would say like, yes, where, yes. my mother's surname is. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So in, 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 in Africa, we have got patrilineal as well as matrilineal uh, communities. Okay. So a, a patrilineal, uh, so a patrilineal uh, is whereby decisions are based on the relationship with the mother or the female line of the descent. The matrilineal, you mean? Uh, and then the matrilineal is said by decisions are based on the relationship with the mother or the male line. Yes, yes, yes. So you you said in Namibia, what did you say about Namibia? I, so I, I had to say you, something about can Namibia. Can you say that again? Um, so matrilineal is um, where decisions are... Okay. Okay, matrilineal is where decisions are based on the relationship with the mother or with the female line. What sort of decisions of are descent. we talking about? What decisions? Um, like uh, any decision, like, like it, it depends. Let's say maybe inheritance. Thank you.